from Morocco, that's Saeed Shaibi playing one of the world's most ancient and beautiful string instruments, the oud. Hello, Georges Collinet with you on Afropop Worldwide from PRX. This edition, Journeys with the Oud. The Oud has long been the most important instrument in Arabic music. Its name comes from the Arabic for wood, but the Oud has been called Amr al-Tarab, the Prince of Ecstasy. And once you've heard the music we have in store for you, you'll understand why. The modern Oud is pear-shaped and pot-bellied. It has a short neck and a fretless fingerboard and usually four to six sets of paired strings. Its oldest origins are in doubt, but we know that it made its way from Persia to Mecca around about the 7th century in the early days of Islam. As the religion traveled, so did the Oud, to Turkey and Iraq, across North Africa and down the continent's east coast. The Oud flourished in Andalusia during the Middle Ages, and after the Arabs were driven out of southern Europe, it stayed behind to become the lute. It even made its way to Cuba, where they call it Laud. You may remember our visit with Laud player Barbarito Torres in Havana. On this program, we'll trace these journeys, hearing old and new recordings of this remarkable instrument. Our principal guide will be one of the greatest living oud players, Palestinian composer and virtuoso Simon Shaheen. We spent an afternoon with Simon at his home in Brooklyn talking about history, musicianship, improvisation and the great oud players of the last century. Let's start by hearing some of Simon's own music. The title track from his release Blue Flame, leading the group Kantara. Here's Simon Shaheen. Thank you. 
That's Oud Virtuoso, Simon Shaheen, and his group Cantara, kicking off Afropop Worldwide's Journeys with the Oud. Georges Collinet with you. Simon Shaheen is part of an adventurous new generation of Oud players. The Oud has been the central instrument in Arabic musical ensembles for centuries, But until about 50 years ago, the idea of a solo oud concert was unheard of. Simon told us a little about his own role in the emergence of the oud in recent years. It was the closest instrument to a composer, like using the piano in the Western musical world. And the oud played a great role as a solo instrument, but within the context of the vocal repertoire. For example, when there is an improvisation or Uh, instrumental piece, you see that the oud is the leading instrument. So the oud has great abilities, but it was captive historically within the vocal repertoire. Because if you listen to Arabic music as a tradition, I would say more than 95% of the music is vocal. And this is what I started to do instead of playing a traditional improvisation that lasts a minute or two. I started to play an extensive improvisation that might last 15-20 minutes. One of the first musicians to bring the oud to center stage was the great Iraqi master Munir Bashir. Bashir gave his first solo oud recital in 1953 and continued until his death in 1997. A taksim is an improvisation using the ancient Arabic system of makam or modes. Munir Bashir's oud taksims were legendary for their subtlety and depth. Let's sample his 1971 solo recording, The Art of the Oud. That's Munir Bashir playing an improvisation on the oud. You might notice that Munir is playing notes you won't find on a piano. It's part of a microtonal system used in Arabic music. Picture middle C on the piano, and then the black key just next to it, C sharp. In between those notes, an Arabic makam might have two or three additional notes. Simon says that understanding these in-between notes is essential in playing the oud. It's an open fingerboard like on the violin or the cello. It depends where you press on the string. So let's say you have an area on the fingerboard of two inches on this string. You could produce so many sounds. You, when you move your finger little by little up, each time you move it, you're getting different tonal quality in terms of the pitch. There are infinite possibilities that you can produce out of an open fingerboard. But you need the theoretical system that will inspire you and guide you to what you want to hear and what you want to produce. So this is why we have the maqam system in Arabic music. Maqam, I mean, think about it as the modal system or the scales. The very last recording Munir Bashir made was an unusual oud duet played with his son Omar. Here they are improvising on a popular Iraqi song in the makam known as Rast. 
The time signature, by the way, is 10.16. Good luck.
That's father and son Munir and Omar Bashir of Iraq. Georges Collinet with you on Afropop Worldwide's Journeys with the Oud. Simon Shahin, an Oud master and our inside guide on this program, says the mark of a great Oud player or any great musician is that they have a personal sound. You hear a few notes and you know right away who is playing. Simon gave us insights into a few of the great Oud players of the 20th century, starting with Mohamed El Kasabji. Mohamed El Kasabji, Egyptian, he was one amongst the very first composers who composed to Im Kalthum, and he was a great old player. And all of Im Kalthum recordings, the early recordings from the late 20s, early 30s, his old playing is there, it's the most obvious. Like her voice is 100 and the old playing is like 90. And then the rest are 60, 54, you know what I mean? So his old playing is fabulous, especially in this duality that he's created with Mkalthum as a composer and the old players who accompanied her in every single performance. That's Um Kalthum, probably the greatest Arabic singer of the last century, in a 1926 recording with oud player Mohamed El Kasabji. Simon Shahin also spoke to us about another veteran oud player and vocalist on the Egyptian scene, Farid El Atrash. <laughs> So this is uh, Farid Al-Atrash, an example of a great old player who accompanied himself as a singer. Unusual, it's unbelievable. His playing is, is unbelievable. But he wasn't the person who can do a concert on the oud because he was more involved with his singing career and composing vocal music. But in every concert he performed, he always did an improvisation in the beginning on the oud. And I'm talking about extensive one, like 10 minutes. So beautiful playing, great technical abilities, uh, and the most important thing is his right hand. It's unbelievable. It's like crystal clear, and the tremolos he did, fabulous. from Farid El Atrash. When it comes to younger players, Simon Shahin is hard to impress. There's a lot of experimentation going on these days. And Simon worries that oud players are moving away from the bedrock of the Arabic tradition. He complains that they sometimes try to make the oud sound like a guitar or even a sitar. Maybe he's a bit old-fashioned, but Simon feels the oud has to remain Arabic. Here's what he had to say about a young player who's getting a lot of attention these days, Nasir Shama of Iraq. 
I don't know if he, what's his relationship with the improvisational world, because I didn't hear much of the improvisation. But he composes things like imitating sounds, like the sirens. Those are not just any sirens Nasir Shama is imitating. He composed this piece in 1991, and it invokes the wails of air raid sirens during Gulf War bombing raids earlier that year. Simon Shahin has a lot more to say about oud music and oud players, and you can read our complete interview with him and find an extensive oud discography on our website, afropop.org. One contemporary oud player who won unqualified praise from Simon is this man, Saïd Shraibi of Morocco, on Afropop Worldwide.
moler morena de los molinos de arriba. Vengo de moler morena de los molinos de arriba. Duermo con la molinera y No me cobra la matina que vengo de moler morena. Radio Tarifa making the Andalusian Oud connection. More journeys with the Oud coming up. Visit afropop.org to read our fascinating 2003 interview with Simon Shaheen and find out about Oud music and the music of the Afro-Arab world. I'm Georges Collinet and you're listening to Afropop Worldwide from PRX.
Welcome back to Journeys with the Hood, part of our 35-year retrospective summer. You've heard me talk a lot about the civilization of Andalusia, From the start of the 8th century to the end of the 15th, Arabic-speaking Moors from North Africa lived on the Iberian Peninsula in what is now Spain. This was a time when the art of the Oud reached a pinnacle, and a lot of the music composed with the Oud since then evokes a powerful nostalgia for the beauty and glory of the old Andalus. After the Moors left, the Oud remained behind in the hands of troubadours who wandered throughout Europe, Eventually, the oud developed into the lute, which spread to France, England, Holland, Germany, Italy, and beyond. We'll have more on Arabic connections with European music in future programs. Meanwhile, back across the Straits of Gibraltar in Morocco, artists are using the oud to make other connections. Young is getting royal Moroccan royalty checks from Hussein Kili for this cover. I bet he never imagined his cowgirl getting an oud serenade. The truth is, this is only the start of the oud's African adventures. In Algeria, for example, the mountain Berbers have transformed the oud into their own instrument, which they call the mondol. Let's hear a song from Berber or Tamazirt recording artist Mo Alilesh featuring the Mondol. The song is called Be Happy. I guess Don't Worry doesn't quite ring true these days. We'll just stick with Be Happy.
from Algeria, Mo Alilesh, on Afropop Worldwide's Journeys with the Oud. A number of East African countries are home to music with Arab roots, often featuring the Oud. This is Mohamed Hassan from the Comoros Islands in the Indian Ocean. They call this music Tarab. That's the Arabic word for the deep happiness, even ecstasy, that listeners feel when hearing beautiful music. One of the most impressive examples of East African Oud music comes from the Kenyan port city of Mombasa, where Zain Labdin Ahmed Alamudi created the popular Zain Musical Party, giants of the local wedding band scene during the 1980s. Oud aficionados in the Middle East tend to be skeptics about East African Tarab. But check out this 1989 recording of Zayn Musical Party and see what you think. The song is Mtido wa Mombasa, or This is the way we do things in Mombasa. <laughs>
kama usingizi papa Denia watulipe upunguze la kokupa Denia watulipe upunguze la kokupa Kila akupa mpe Usimpe asiye kupa
From a 1965 recording, that's Amza El-Din of Sudan with the song Childhood. Amza adapted folk music from the ancient East African kingdom of Nubia to the Oud, and he remains one of the greatest international Oud ambassadors today. preparing this show on the music of the Oud, we dropped in on our friend Ray Rashid of Rashid Music Sales in Brooklyn. Ray is a virtual encyclopedia of knowledge of older Arabic music and his company is releasing some vintage recordings that we'll be hearing on our program in the future. Ray also keeps his finger on the pulse of new developments. We're very happy that uh, the Oud has come up in his fashion. And we're excited about this artist, Anwar Ibrahim. From the day I opened the, the new store, we've had calls on him. Anwar Ibrahim comes from Tunisia and is a conservatory-trained oud player. But Anwar has pursued his own path, creating unique, small ensemble music best described as modern jazz. We spoke with him after his appearance at Joe's Pub in New York City, and he told us about how he got from classical Arab music to where he is today. Jazz was an important step for me also. I discovered that this music in Tunis, we have some festivals where you can listen to the jazz sometimes, but mostly it was through the recordings. Of course, I knew about people as Gillespie, But I'm always more, more curious about what is called modern jazz. I mean, I can remember that, for example, to listen to a record as a, the Korn concert of Keith Jarrett. This kind of musicians opened the door for me, and it was uh, some way very natural to listen to the flamenco, to the Greek music, to the Balkanic music, because uh, all these musics have a quite big relationship with the, the Arabic music too, you know. 
Ray Rashid would be the first one to tell you that some Arab music fans are having a tough time following Anwar Brahim's musical journey. Well, you know, he's a young man. He's, you know, this guy isn't set in his ways yet. The Americans come in and they say, oh, he's like, uh, ooh, chamber music. And of course, his last recording, uh, where he uses the piano in it, and it, yes. And I feel that he also has the wisdom to whenever he's playing, if it's not piano or some instruments, he has accordion, and one recording has used the clarinet. He has the concept that if you're playing louder than the man next to you, you're too loud. And so you have to play to hear the guy next to you. And there's only three of them. And most times on three instruments, one guy is going to be louder. But yet he keeps everyone down. Even when they're making their solo, they're still down. They don't like brighten up and then quiet down when they, the three join together. And that's what I enjoy about his music, that everybody tones down and everyone hears each other when they're performing. Here's Anwar Brahim with Picnic at Nagpur. Thank you. 
We end our oud journey with the taste of Lebanese composer and oud player Marcel Khalifa's beautiful suite for two ouds, Jadal. For Afropop Worldwide comes from the National Endowment for the Arts, which believes a great nation deserves great art, and from PRX affiliate stations around the U.S. And thank you for supporting your public radio station. Additional support for Afropop Worldwide comes from Womex, the showcase, seminar, and marketplace for world and roots music, October 25th to the 29th in Galicia, Spain. More info at Womex.com. Thanks to Simon Shahin and Ray Rashid for their help with this classic edition of Afropop Worldwide. My Afropop partners are Sean Barlow and Banning Air. They produce our program for World Music Productions. Research and production for this program by Banning Air. Visit Afropop.org to read our 2003 interview with Simon Shahin. You can also find us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at AfropopWW. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast, including radio programs and season eight of our Afropop Close-Up podcast series. Join us next week for another edition of Afropop Worldwide. Our chief audio engineer is Michael Jones. This program was mixed at Studio 44 in Brooklyn by Michael Jones. Banning Air and C.C. Smith edit our website, afropop.org. Our director of new media is Mukwe Wabeishiolwe. And I'm Georges Collinet.